Let's Grow Big Together and all the other podcasts created by Feast of Fun are made possible because of fabulous people just like you. For an ad-free experience, follow us on Patreon, patreon.com slash feastoffun, or go to feastoffun.com slash plus and access thousands of legendary shows. There's something irresistible about James Bond, a Secret Service agent who stops supervillains from destroying the world with diamond-powered lasers. But despite endless martinis and bullet wounds, these super spies seem to effortlessly maintain a rock-hard body. Let's grow big together. The podcast that hits it harder in the gym than Shirley Basie belting out Goldfinger. I'm Fausto Fernos. I'm Mark Fillion. In this series, we're taking a look at the passion for muscle, how to build it, how to keep it going, muscle gods, and muscle worship. Today, former Secret Service agent and bodybuilder Dave Alexa shares his top secrets at staying in incredible shape while raising a family and holding a full-time job where people's lives are on the line. Also, as an openly gay dad, Agent Olexio was tasked with protecting Vice President Mike Pence during the Trump administration. But thankfully, Agent Olexa moved on to other jobs before the January 6th terrorist attack on the United States Capitol. This is Agent Olexa. Hi, this is Fausto. And Mark from Feast of Fun. And let's Oh my God, big. the name of the show is Let's Grow Big Together, damn it. <laughs> Sorry, I keep confusing <laughs> me to do two podcasts. And Mark from Let's Grow Big Together. Yes. Now, Agent <laughs> Alexa, your assignment, if you wish to accept this, is to tell us the truth about bodybuilding, balancing your work, life, and family, and manage it to look amazing. Now, this podcast will self-destruct in 50 minutes, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll see what I can squeeze in. Dave, you, for a while, were working as a Secret Service agent in mm -hmm. the United, for the federal government, and your job was to protect Vice President Mike Pence. Yes. Can yes. you tell me about how your day started with that? Uh, yeah, well, um, so, you know, they'd have us on rotating shifts, actually, so. You might do a, a couple of weeks working uh, where you got up at four in the morning. You might luck out and have a couple of weeks where you get to go in you know, a little later in the day. and Or you might uh, really get unlucky and, and pull a midnight shift and uh, where you're up all hours of the night, you know, because you know, protection is 24 hours a day for uh, anybody the Secret Service protects. But um, So you had to be like on, on your toes for 24 hour shifts? No, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, it, just an eight hour shift. Okay. But, you know, you um, rotate. So sometimes, it, you know, morning or afternoon or a midnight shift. So, and, you know, obviously you have to put your feelings about the candidate aside. Yes. And your, you know, your politics, your the fact that you're openly gay, you're a father of two and, and protect this guy who you may find deplorable. Yeah, yeah, there's a little bit of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, when you come in yeah. to the service, you um, initially you're available to protect anybody that they're mm -hmm. um, that they're, you know, put over. So that includes former presidents and their spouses as well. You know, so um, when I first got in, I had the 
privilege of being able to protect just about everybody. Um, and that includes heads of state that visit as well. Um, you know, so I was stationed in Miami and so we got all the uh, heads of state from the Caribbean usually, and then a lot from South America as well. But, um, you, you named the, the president just about, uh, Bush senior, you know, uh, George W. Bush, Barack Obama, uh, Bill Clinton, um, and then all the way up to, you know, when Trump was in office and then, uh, their vice, uh, vice president Pence as well. So in the morning, do you get like a, you know, like we are all familiar with James Bond and 007, all the movies. Did you go into like an office and there was a woman and she's like, Agent Aleska, you are out of control. You, <laughs> you cannot, you know, like screaming at you or is it like you just get a memo you have to read and. Um, it, you know, we, we usually have a, a briefing or something like that. If there was something that was uh, in particular going on, you know, we, we might get briefed up on that and, um. You know, have to be ready for anything, you know, especially um, if you're going out on the road or whatever. Um, you know, you have, of course, you know, a lot more uh, resources and stuff when you're in D.C., um, especially, you know, the, the White House. But uh, you go out on the road and you um, it's it's a little bit different. So you might but have, you didn't to, have to wear a tuxedo and drink cocktails and play, <laughs> play poker at a casino. Um, uh, now I got to play in quite a few casinos on the road, you did. <laughs> but, but never in oh. a protection capacity, okay. unfortunately, no tuxedo for me, just a, just a nice, well-tailored suit. I mean, for people who may not be familiar with their Instagram account, you have an amazing body. You're rock hard. You're gorgeous, man. <laughs> I like, I could totally see you if you had to chafe somebody parkour style over the <laughs> roofs of, uh, Istanbul, you know, because he has the secret computer chip that if put in the wrong hands would mean the nuclear codes would be released and half the world would be destroyed. Or, <laughs> you know, they're building lasers out of diamonds and to try to assassinate the heads of states. And you're the only person that can stop it. <laughs> <laughs> well, they do train us to be, uh, I guess, uh, ready for any kind of scenario. I'm not sure if it would be one of those scenarios, but I, I definitely, I, I could probably give someone a little bit of a run for their money, I would hope anyway. Because like, you know, the theme of Goldfinger was like turning gold into a deadly laser. Mm -hmm. Diamonds are forever. Use the power of diamonds to build a laser. <laughs> and I'm like, can't they just like make lasers out of cheap things like copper or sand or... <laughs> glass or you know, <laughs> it's always something really expensive uh, in terms of like your workouts and stuff as a secret service agent, were you like having to do more core or more squat or explosive pilometric movement or anything like that? Or, um, so, so when you go through, um, like basic training with the service mm -hmm. their um, their program is a lot more, um, it's kind of like, it's basically CrossFit. Um, so you're doing a lot of body weight movements, um, and then, um, like a lot of compound movements and stuff with, you know, barbells and, uh, you know, kettlebells, stuff like that. How um, do you survive bags. when a, a beautiful woman tries to snap your neck with her thighs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but when, once you get out of the training, then it's kind of up to you as, yeah. you know, what you want to do. And, um, you know, my, my program pretty much, I, I stick with, uh, you know, just dumbbells and barbells and, you know, um, the regular equipment you just see in just about any gym. So, so you're like, uh, doing like a bro split, like a different body part, or you do sort of whole body exercises three or four times a week or. 
Yeah. So I'll, I'll do, mm-hmm. I do the bro split. Yeah. And, uh, we'll go, you know, six days a week typically. Um, and that way we hit everything probably about twice a week at least. Um, and then we'll usually take that seventh day to rest. And, uh, unless we're just feeling really squirrely and like we didn't get something quite enough throughout the week and then we'll come back and maybe, you know, hit something a little extra. So, so you have like a catch up day. Yeah. Yeah. Just in case we need it. So how did you balance like your workouts, your, your, I mean, this insanely serious, responsible job, your family, you have two sons, right? I have one son, one son. Sorry. Uh-huh. Maybe I saw the photos and I thought there were two different kids, but, <laughs> but, uh, and you're married to a beautiful man, uh, who's kind of like your personal trainer in some ways, right? He's like pushing you. How are you balancing yeah. all this? Yeah. Well, so, uh, we haven't had the ceremony yet, but it's yeah. probably right around the corner. I'm guessing we'll probably elope to Vegas sometime this he's year. He's listening know, to this. But... He's like, we're getting married. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> we, we got engaged uh, this past Christmas oh. and uh, yeah. So um, he's a keeper and I'm, I'm pretty lucky. I'd say, but uh, as far as the balance, um, so it, it's not easy for sure. Um, he definitely, so my, my partner, I consider, I, w- I would consider not just my partner in the gym, but uh, basically like a trainer. Cause it, ever since I met him, that's when my workouts completely turned around. You know, I was in, I was in pretty decent shape when I went through the service um, training, but then once I met him, which was about four and a half years ago, that he really just like kicked my butt into gear. You know, I was doing just three days a week. I was on like the starting strength program, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, just doing, you know, the, the basic, um, compound lifts. And then when I met him, he was like, Oh no, we, we got to up that. So the volume went way up. Uh, we, you know, I went from three days a week to six days a week working out. And that's when I really saw, um, just everything as, as far as, you know, like, um, my growth, uh, my body changing, everything, it really just went through the roof, you know, just kicked it in the gear. Um, so it was definitely, um, when it came to the job, um, I had to stay motivated and thank God I had him there. Um, cause he would just, if I thought about wanting to take a day off, he'd be like, no, nope, we're going, it's just what we do. You know, so it kind of got in my head that like, yeah. there's just no option to take a day off. Are you working out before you go uh, protect Mike Pence from bullets from Republicans and Democrats? <laughs> or <laughs> I mean, or is, is the, the workout happen after the long shift? Um, so yeah. uh, it, it depends because, you know, um, we were rotating shifts. So yeah. say if I had to get up at 4 a.m., um, none of the gyms were open at that time in DC and we also had COVID to deal with, mm. you know, as well. So, but, um, if I, if I had to work a really early morning, I would just go, you know, as soon as I got off work. But if I was working an afternoon shift, then I'd be up first thing in the morning, 5am, you know, either doing cables during COVID or, uh, or booking it over to like LA fitness in Arlington, um, or if I was working a midnight shift, you know, I'd get off at like 6am as soon as I'd get home, you know, my partner would be there, you know, ready to go. He'd be like, all right, here's your pre-workout, you know, <laughs> um, here's the cables or we're hopping the car, we're going to the gym. So, oh my God. And, and so, you know, in terms of like the biggest changes that you started seeing, cause you know, one common question or takeaway we hear from our listeners is like, 
I started a new plan and I'm also trying to lose weight and I'm trying to do this and this and their bodies just kind of go into a shock. And I always yeah. tell people like, if you're experiencing stress, meaning a new workout, a new job, just mm. eat. <laughs> Cause food can be, you know, we always think of food as a coping mechanism in a negative way, mm -hmm. but food, yeah. especially healthy food can be a survival mechanism and allowing you to sort of like learn new things and overcome stress. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And so for you, like, uh, what was sort of like, were you having a hard time adjusting to the new workout that your uh, fiance was giving you? Or was it something that you were just like ready to go? Cause you have this sort of like military industrial complex training or super soldier serum flowing through your veins or. <laughs> um, it yeah. definitely took some adjusting when I, yeah. when I first started working out with him, yeah. I thought I was going to be ready for it. And um, it, it kicked my butt and it, it definitely took, um, quite a bit of like uh you know I, I would complain like these workouts are insane you know and um his tactic to motivate me was just um a little bit of humiliation wow <laughs> like, yeah but it worked it worked what and, did he say um, to you oh he'd, he'd, he'd call me a baby or <laughs> don't be a baby Lift the weight. What's well, not like he could call you like a, you know, like a cocksucker or a faggot or something like that. Cause it's like, uh, look in the mirror, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Hey, no, he wasn't above that. He wasn't above that for sure. I, I think I might've heard that a, a time or two, but, um, so he was like I mean, a, he, a military cause drill sergeants today, they can't use slur words like that anymore. Yeah. So they have yeah. to be like, insult you in a, in a way that's like acceptable uh, with uh, non-discrimination laws in the workplace. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he he would definitely uh, yeah. you know, change his tone, you know, talk to me like I was a child, you know, really slow or something. And I would just get pissed off. And then I'd be ready to lift. Because <laughs> I noticed this in following like bodybuilding blogs and forums. Uh, right uh -huh. now, a lot of these uh, straight identifying guys are all caught up with like feelings are bad. They're like, your oh, feelings no. don't matter. What you need to do is show up and f force your way through it. And I'm just like, to me, I'm like, you know, I don't know if that if not talking about your feelings or listening to your feelings is going to help you build muscle or not. Cause you know, yeah. stress is catabolic and sometimes oh, talking about your feelings can release, alleviate stress, which helps to build muscle. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I will say, there's definitely you know been plenty of times where i i told myself just just get it done just do the work and and deal with it, everything later I, those definitely were not the most productive workouts and and i probably didn't see nearly as much um growth or development you know from those um but you know i mean you you got to deal with with being motivated you know if you're if you're never motivated when you go in the, in the gym, I just don't think you're really going to see the results you're looking for. Like your body's just mm. not going to want it, you know? And in terms of like, you know, uh, cause you're getting jacked, you're getting more muscular. Did your, you know, your agent money penny or M was she, he or they, uh, <laughs> or, Q. or Q is looking and is like, Hey, looking pretty good. You know, it's like, or you're getting too buff agent Alexa. You gotta, <laughs> you know, not lift so many heavy weights. You're out of control. <laughs> um, I, I definitely, I mean, my coworkers definitely yeah. noticed. 
um, which was, which was, you know, fun. I, um, in particularly, um, a couple of months after I had started, um, dating my partner, yeah. I went out of town for a couple of months for some um, specialized training. And, um, so while I was Physical in, this training was like, out or in, like, uh, like, um, you know, a, a intelligence oriented training. It, it was all, um, computer related. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. cause my, my side gig besides protection with the secret service was, I was also doing computer forensics in, in a lab. Um, Jesus. so they sent me away. Yeah, it was, it was fun. They sent me away for a couple of months to LA. And, um, while I was there, my partner was still giving me, you know, the workouts and motivating me, like, you know, you need to find a gym there and, and work out and stuff. So I was doing that. And, um, when I got back, I think I had gained like 15 pounds over the course of two months or something like that. Wow. It was, it was very noticeable. And, um, like muscle my, or potato yeah. chip weight or potato chip. It, weight. <laughs> it was, it was mostly, it was mostly muscle. Like mm-hmm. it was, I was still pretty lean and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but all my coworkers were, were, you know, like, Oh my God, what the, what have you been doing, Dave? You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, cause so you were doing uh, forensic stuff on the computer. Cause what pe- a lot of people don't realize is the secret service does more than just protection. They're also involved mm-hmm. in like counterfeit, right? Like they f- find out who's counterfeiting bills and all that kind of things. Who's hacking into yeah. a, a, you know, a system. They were, yeah, they were initially created to tackle um, the issue of counterfeit in the country because at the time they were created, uh, it was estimated that about a third of the currency circulating in the United States was counterfeit. Wow. So, cause you, you had, um, the, uh, states had their own currencies. Um, banks had their own currencies. Sears had its own currency, you know? So, um, and then it just had a lot of, created a lot of opportunities for people to just counterfeit whatever, um, just to, to get away with, you know, not having to, to earn legit currency. Mm-hmm. But um, so they deal with that um, still to this day. And then, uh, you know, also fraud, um, they, you know, help banks and, and businesses out that have been defrauded, whether that's, you know, through ransomware, um, you know, because that's a big thing these days, like isn't it? Oh, that it's huge. Ransomware. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And people are paying out like hundreds of millions of dollars, if not more. Yeah. Globally. Well, I always tell uh, people like because I that's one of the things I specialize in as well. And, and I always tell people is like the person that's out to harm you is you <laughs> or, yeah. or your spouse or somebody inside the house. Like um, mm-hmm. there was a study done of like uh, Halloween candy, you know, like who poisons kids on Halloween, who puts razor blades and apples and stuff like that. Oh, it's usually yeah. the parents mm. that do yeah. it to the kids, you know, like the Munchausen by proxy. But you think ra- ransomware is the same kind of thing. It's somebody working with. Well, sort of no, in terms of uh, usually the, the, the biggest security leak is lack of training inside the company mm. or organization. And so yeah. it's usually people be like, well, it seemed legitimate. I just put my password and gave them the it's unique code and, you know, <laughs> and exactly. you're just like, oh, exactly. Dave, why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things that, mm-hmm. that um, they did was um, besides, you know, investigating the crimes once they've happened is um, uh, they'll proactively usually contact businesses around the area and offer their services like, you know, they do like a security checkup, cybersecurity checkup, yeah. stuff like that. Um, just to kind of see like, do you have a vulnerability? Does it need to be patched? You know, does it, your stuff need to be updated? You know, stuff like that. So, so you're, you're hitting the gym after your long 
stressful, boring day. And so it kind of becomes, uh, <laughs> you know, cause it kind of be like, Oh great. I'm have to come through IP addresses for the next three hours. Yeah. 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 And that's not a lot. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you what, you know, on feast of fun for the last 15, 16 years, we've been targeted, uh, denial service attacks, hacks, oh, uh, yeah. password, uh, anything that like someone's just trying to figure out how to break into a website. And mm -hmm. all the IP addresses come from, you know, from Russia, from uh, Moldova, from Ukraine, from Sri Lanka. Like it's a very specific region of the world. And, I, you know, mm -hmm. now they're getting better at like masking where they're coming from. But it was yeah. uh, something, you know, with this war, uh, when Russia invaded Ukraine, we were just kind of like, finally, the rest of the world sees what we've been seeing for the last 15 or 16 years. That there's a lot of like oh, yeah. people up to no good on computers in that region of the world. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mean, I don't know, maybe this is controversial. I mean, I've always thought it was state sponsored, but it's a little bit of know. both. Yeah. You know? And part of it is just like, it, it's a, it's the philosophy of like, you know, doing it to the, the iron rule was like, do it to others before they get a chance to do it to you. Oh yeah, totally. But it's also, you know, the fact that it's like, we've sort of been in a cold war with the, with, you know, the Russian government, uh, Vladimir Putin, for, since he's been in control, you know, and it's like, mm -hmm. and you know, with, with the pandemic and, uh, you know, seeing all these people sort of being manipulated to divide and fight within their own community. Um, as somebody who's sort of been on the backstage area of all this, what did you make about the January 6th attack on the Capitol? Like was oh know, goodness you know what what was your thoughts on all that? Uh, thank God I was not there. <laughs> so, um, so you were I, done working protecting Mike Pence long after this happened, long before, long yeah, before. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. so uh, let me think. The summer before, yeah, um, I switched from Pence. Um, I did, I did, um, my initial time with him and then switched over to the DHS secretary. They kind of, they kind of rotate people in and out because, uh, the vice presidential detail doesn't just cover the vice president. They'll cover the spouse or if they have kids, the kids, as well as, you know, um, at that time they were also covering, uh, the treasury secretary and the DHS secretary. And so I did, um, you know, quite a bit of time with Pence and then switched over to DHS. And then, uh, probably about three months before the, the insurrection, I, uh, uh, did a lateral transfer and went over to the coast guard, which is where I am now. Um, so I got to see everything on TV. I, I, I did not have uh, the misfortune of being in. Uh, Do you DC know anybody who was in DC who was working that day? Um, I don't. Um, to be honest, I I I didn't reach out. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know of anybody that was. Well, I imagine like you and your friends at work were like, "Man, I'm glad I'm not doing that job right now." You know? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Uh, every, all of us. Um, at the office in Miami, which is where I, I am mm -hmm. now. Um, I just had our eyes glued to the TV while it was going on. We just couldn't believe it. It was, it was insane. It was absolute insanity. Yeah. And, and so in, in terms of like, you know, you know, your, your perspective on the industry as, as working with secret agents, it's like, was it, was it sort of a betrayal of, of your oath that you took to protect these 
you know, politicians to see them then sort of conspiring to harm you guys or put you in unnecessary risk. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there is, uh, you know, the politic the politicization Mm -hmm. of, um, you know, what we do, um, because we take an oath, um, and we, and we put our politics aside, um, because we're protecting the office We're we're not protecting so much that particular person or personality. Uh, we're protecting, you know, the office of the president, the office of the vice president, regardless of whatever party they are, regardless of their ideology or, or, you know, political beliefs or whatever. Um, and so, you know, it, sometimes we kind of get pulled in a little bit, like, um, you know, I've, I've had several conversations with people, you know, how, how could you, uh, protect, you know, this man who, uh, is homophobic or, or this man who like, um, uh, has such values, you know, that are, that are antithetical to like his, you know, religious beliefs or whatever. Um, and, and it, to me, it's, it's not about that. It's, it's not supposed to be about mm-hmm. that. I have to put that aside and I have a job to do, you know, and that's to, to protect that office and to help, you know, that helps maintain order in the government. So. And in terms of your, like, your, you know, cause I imagine there's some days where you never got kidnapped, like, um, you know, James Bond tied up in a rope <laughs> and have, no. you know, gold finger with a laser aimed at your crotch. <laughs> and he's like, do you expect me to tell you the truth? And no, Mr. Agent Alexa, I expect you to die. <laughs> Did you ever? It's, have, it's you always know? the crotch. It's always the crotch <clears throat> for some reason. Well, it's a, it's a, a source of power. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you ever have to like use like your sexuality or your flirtation with men or women to try to sort of like, you know, do your job? Um, I, so I can speak to that. Yes. Wow. (laughs) Did you ever kiss anybody? No, no, I didn't. I didn't go that far, but, um, I, I did. So I've had, um, I've worked with, um, you know, staff people with, with protectees, um, who were, you know, members of the LGBT community, um, as well as like, yeah, you know, been to venues where, um, I had to kind of scout it out and, and, um, survey the location and meet with, you know, um, like uh, there was a hotel where we were having a, a big, um, like a big cocktail hour. And I was going there ahead of time. I was in charge of that particular site. And, uh, the manager I knew was like another, another gay man. And so I, I definitely did flirt a little bit to, um, get him to cooperate more with me since he was initially a little difficult. What did you say to him? Oh, I mean, I was just like over the top, like, you know, really sweet. And like, uh, like, I think I winked at him once or whatever, you know, and, uh, but you didn't like touch him in any way. You were just like smiling and being extra kind and sweet. Yeah. 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 And, and, using and your and eyes I mean, where they're looking like you're, you're undressing him with your eyes or anything like that. Giving, giving bedroom eyes. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, and he, Oh yeah. He totally like picked up on like, Oh yeah. He's family. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Was he sexy? Uh, not my type. (laughs) (laughs) So you're seeing the beauty in him, but it was not some beauty that you were pursue on otherwise. 
Correct. Correct. <laughs> Are you a fan but of James it, Bond movies? Like when you go to see them, you're just like, this is so stupid. This is so ex- ridiculous, you know? Oh, no, I love it. I love it. It's it's over the top, you know? Um, <laughs> and and you know, over the years, like they try and make them a little more like um, personable or like human or whatever. But like, I kind of love that whole like cheesy, just way over the top um drama and and you know of course the gadgets like it's all about the gadgets do you have any weird uh unusual gadgets do you have a watch that spits out oil or something <laughs> or, or has um, a, a little you know steel cable you can choke somebody with or <laughs> um let me think i i uh I did always have a pair of of brass knuckles <laughs> whoa wow where do you um, hide it? I, I would keep them like a, if I if I was crotch. wearing like a vest, <laughs> I had a pocket in my oh vest. My I would keep them in. Um, Why do you need uh, brass knuckles for people who aren't familiar? You just never know what kind of situation you're going to be in. I mean, like, I mean, January 6th, you think they knew that that was the kind of situation they were going to be in. Um, so, you know, I mean, if, if something goes crazy, like you kind of have to, you know, be able to use everything at your disposal to yeah. like, you know, repel someone or, uh, you know, get a protectee, like get them the hell out of there as fast as possible. So do you have like a um, background in karate or jujitsu or, you know, martial arts? No, or no, so you're no, just no, like, I watched a video on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we had, yeah. um, so for our training, yeah. We do get quite a bit of like uh, grappling training, um, like ground fighting, stuff like that. And it's kind of a mix. Um, you know, there's like some Brazilian jiu-jitsu elements to it. There's a little bit of um, probably like I'd say Krav Maga kind of elements to it. Um, and then uh, when I particularly was going through training, we actually had um, a, uh, a combat instructor from another agency that volunteered like, Hey, if you want some extra training, I'll teach you guys, uh, some Krav, you know? So, Krav? um, Krav Maga. Yeah. That what the, um, Israeli defense forces uses. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which I heard is, a rumor pretty- that the yoga was developed by the Israeli army or something or <laughs> <laughs> really? I don't know if that's true or not, but it was like, you know, that the part of it is like certain, uh, military, branches in other countries have developed very specific type of training to sort of like rise above any kind of threats that may come their way. Yeah. Well, so that's what, uh, as far as I, as far as what uh-huh. I can recall, Krav was with the Israelis. Um, cause it, it's very brutal. It relies on like just being <laughs> some very vicious, just as far as like, weak spots and taking advantage of those on people as quickly and as brutally as possible to, you know, you know, quell the threat. Wow. I I mean, if somebody tried to choke you with a, with a steel cable, could you get out of it? Um, or you're like, I'm dead. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have some training on that. Yeah. As long as I could, as long as I could get a hand in there, I could probably, Mm. um, stand some sort of a chance i would think a lot of those um, choking things i think is the uh, i because i took a little bit of self-defense and it's always like mm-hmm. you want to use your body weight against them so even if you yes. just kind of like drop to the floor sometimes you can get out of mm-hmm. a lot of chokeholds because they're 
holding you up, you know, and then if you can kind of like yeah. sneak your head around and just fall to the ground, at least you're out of that. Yeah. But then, of course, then they just start kicking you. And before you yeah. drive away in your, uh, you know, $100,000 sports car, make sure to look in the back seat that there's nobody hiding there. Yes, definitely. And, and always carry a spare parachute when you're climbing the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> <laughs> in case we, Grace we Jones is a, throwing bullets at you or we did yeah. have um suits with a parachute built in. What? No, did, I'm just, I'm just oh, you got me so excited. <laughs> but uh, did you wear uh, bulletproof vests and stuff? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Uh some people say that it's uh like they don't like it because it gives them a s- false sense of security. Mm, or do you have to uh, you have to wear the bulletproof vest though? Oh, oh, yeah, you absolutely have to. It's yeah, OSHA, no, OSHA rules. <laughs> <laughs> there's no no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And, I mean, we're, you know, they educate us on, you know, what it will and will not stop. So, you know, I mean, if, if someone's coming at us with, you know, military-grade, you know, rifles or other weapons like that, you know, a, a vest isn't going to stop that. It just, uh, it just isn't. Do you have or know anyone who has a license to kill? And can I get one of those? (laughs) (laughs) If if I can find one, I'll get you, I'll save one for you. (laughs) But it's not like a driver's license where you're like, have to renew it every four years or something or (laughs) wait in line. And the wait is forever at that that agency. Uh, I have to hurry this up. There's like five people I need to kill by the end of the day. Um, so seriously, uh, speaking about, cause you know, this is a bodybuilding podcast and people mm-hmm. are listening to this are all different levels. There are people who are just getting started and you know, the, the, the takeaway is try not to do too many things. And if you are starting, it's not a bad idea to bulk with healthy unprocessed foods. Yeah. You know, cause uh, I noticed that like, especially these young bodybuilders, they cook like senior citizens. They don't season their food and it's all like boring boiled chicken breast rice and like the one vegetable they do frozen vegetables. And I'm just like, Oh my God, how miserable is that? You know? Yeah. Uh, so, so my partner is, yeah. is like that or was like that before yeah. I came along. Um, Cause I, I actually, I love to cook um, in my spare time. Like that's, I usually try and cook uh, five nights a week, um, if not more. Wow! But, um, My God, so yeah. you're 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 having a bodybuilding career. You have a, mm-hmm. you're a, now a Coast Guard. You're raising a kid. You're married to this guy, and you're cooking dinner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and your workday is nine hours, a forty minute commute each way. Yeah. When are you lifting weights? How are you cooking dinner and lifting weights at the same time? That doesn't add up. So we get up at 5 a.m. Yeah. Um, my partner goes for a run. He does cardio first, takes the dog for a run, gets back, and then we go to the gym. I try to get um, – we try and get in and, out of the, in and out of the gym, like, in, like, 45 minutes. Wow. So we're, we're there. We are focused, like, laser-focused to get it all knocked out. And then, um, thank God, like, our gym is literally, you know, just down the street from our house. So we can get in and out, get back home, um, in and out. get out the door. Yeah. I try to get, I try to get to the office, you know, to do like a regular nine to five. And then, um, I, you know, get home as soon as I get home, I'm cooking. Like I, 
we pretty much, we stay like on target. Like if I'm exhausted, I can always just say, Hey, can we just order, order in or whatever, or, mm-hmm. or go get something. But, um, we're, we're pretty good. Like we have our routine nailed down. Um, we're all about the routine, you know, and, uh, we're usually in bed by like nine, nine thirty. That's amazing. And, and, and what yeah. does your son uh, say about daddy's uh, bodybuilding? Like, he's like, my dad's Superman. Or is he like, oh, my dad is so gay. <laughs> 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 yeah. He, he, uh, he loves it. Like he, every time I see him, he's like, uh, he flexes his, his arm for me. Oh. He wants me to like feel his bicep, you know, or he'll be like, Daddy, I think I see an ab, you know? <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. How old is your son? He's 10. Oh my God. That's a magical age. It's a little early for weight yeah. training for him though, right? Or is that or is that okay at that age? Because it used to be like when Faust and I were coming up, they're like, you don't want to lift weights until you're older, otherwise it's gonna stunt your growth. Yeah, I always heard that too. Um whenever he whenever we um he visits us, because you know, we're we're in um Fort Lauderdale and and he's in in the Atlanta area. So um, I get him frequently throughout the year or I'll go up there and visit. But, um, when we see him, he usually, um, will do like a home workout. Um, and so mostly body weight, you know, and maybe a little bit of stuff with some bar with some dumbbells or whatever, but, um, nothing that I think would like stunt his growth. You know, I mean, he's not, he's 10 years old. He's not getting on the squat rack. Listen, he has to so. fight those demigorgons. You yeah. know, I saw stranger <laughs> things. Season the season four is about. <laughs> I was one of those kids. Like I looked exactly like one of those kids when I was. Yeah, that me age, too. You know, yeah. with, the, with the weird haircut. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that was me. And you know, I was, for, I was a little D and D nerd. You were no. I they, oh, they yeah, bought me totally. uh, Dungeons and Dragons the book and stuff, and I was like the dice. I was just like, what? This doesn't make any. I, I grew up in Puerto Rico, so it's like there was a language barrier, but I literally had no one to play this with. Uh, yeah, I had like a, a small cadre of middle school uh, kids that um, uh-huh. we we each had like a different book. And so we would like trade our, our D&D books around and uh, learn the game that way and then get together and play every now and then. And it was fun. And when did you who was like your muscle inspirations when you were a kid? Like when you were, you know, for like when you're sort of awakening in your sexuality, you're getting older and you just like you see somebody in a movie or television or a print magazine and you're just like, wow, this is what I want to do with my body. Um, well, uh, Arnold was like, you know, the idol growing up, you know, from, from predator commando, uh, you know, all of those movies, um, terminator, you know, it was just like, Oh my gosh, he was like the epitome, like me and, and all my friends, you know, we're like, Oh my gosh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, you know, got to bow down to him, but, um, as well as, you know, Stallone and everything, uh, he was awesome in the eighties. And then, um, uh, for me, a little closer to home was, um, I, I had several uncles growing up and, um, blame it on genetics or whatever, but all of them, you know, for the most part were like, had like these huge, you know, huge muscles. They were like big bodybuilder types. Wow. So, yeah, I, I, I had one particular uncle who he, uh, like he would flex, he would flex his bicep and then he would have me hold on to it and he'd pick me up from the ground. 
with his arm and I'd be hanging off, off of his Daddy. arm. You know? And I was just like, mm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you have a little hearts you know? in your eyes. You're like, I want to play with daddy. Me next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's at the same time, like, uh, I would be watching like Popeye, yeah. Popeye cartoons, you know, like I need to eat more spinach. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the cartoon role model for a lot of people, mighty mouse, Popeye. Popeye. Well, Popeye was gross and weird. <laughs> we were more like, oh, a, you know, it was Mighty Mouse, Adam Ant, mm-hmm. and uh, Sinbad, or was it the Adventures of Hercules or Sinbad, who had the belt, and when he squeezed the belt, he got really jacked and muscular. Hmm, I don't remember that. <laughs> and he had a talking parrot, <laughs> and they would solve mysteries every week. So it was like, it was like Scooby-Doo, but it was just one kid. And, and he had a parrot and, uh, I think it was, it was Sinbad, the cartoon and he had a belt that made him muscular. So, and he, um, you know, and when they, of course the plot was always like someone would steal the belt or the, you know, it would get in the way of him having his super strength. It was kind of like a, a a boy's version of wonder woman. Uh Mm. Did you ever watch like, cause like wonder woman was the wonder woman TV show with Linda Carter. We usually think about is the first season with her fighting the Nazis. Mm-hmm. And you know, she, she has this wonderful scene with the, with Fausta, the, the Nazis, they described her as the Nazis wonder woman. And she's trying to convince her that feminism is more important than politics. And she says, any civilization that suppresses the feminine is destined for doom and sisterhood is more powerful than anything. <laughs> That's what Linda Carter said. And, you know, and that was like the wonder woman we loved, you know, but then uh-huh. in my, you know, mind, I just remembered that in, one, in later seasons, they, they kidnapped wonder woman by t- tricking the belt off of her. And so wonder woman was just an ordinary person. You know, mm-hmm. she didn't have super strength without the belt. And so the kids found the belt some orphan kids and they wrapped it around a tree stump and they used the tree stump to, to break the bars in her prison cell. They were <laughs> <laughs> so like the power could be transferred to ordinary objects uh-huh. for a lot of kids. Bodybuilding seems kind of like a superpower, right? So like, you know, a lot of criticisms of a Batman and, and Superman and especially Captain America was that it, it created this like, unrealistic body images for, for young men to have. And, mm-hmm. you know, with Captain America, they were like, well, Vita rays or is steroids, you know? Uh-huh. And, and they were just like telling basically that, you know, steroids are bad and woo, you know, it's like, don't do what Captain America does. That's not real, you know, but for you, like you, <laughs> you've been on a testosterone replacement therapy for some time and you were describing it as kind of a lifesaver for you. Oh yeah, totally. I was going through, uh, this was, let me think before I even joined the secret service, Mm -hmm. I had really struggled off and on with low energy, being tired all the time, like kind of brain fog, you know? Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, like gains in the gym were just kind of lacking and everything too and everything. Um, lose loss of muscle tone and stuff like that. I, I eventually was like, you know, let me go see a doctor I think maybe it might be my testosterone. And the doctor was like, yeah, I just think you're depressed. <laughs> and so, oh, really? so I was like, I was like, no, I still like, I don't feel like I'm depressed. I think it might be something else. And so I went and got a second opinion 
uh, a couple of years later after I joined the service and, and, and the doctor was like, well, let's, let's have you tested, you know? And my, um, my testosterone levels were like in the shitter bad. And usually, you know, what's interesting is that like the, the average testosterone levels in men and women have dropped dramatically mm-hmm. in the last 30 years. Yeah. And they're not sure why it's either. So there's like, you know, both progressives and conservatives kind of agree on this, but the conspiracy conservative people are like, it's because they're trying to kill men. They're trying to destroy men. And it's like, well, you know, even women need testosterone and, and their levels are, are dropping as well. Yeah. It's a public health issue at this point. And my level was, I think, I think it was like 250 or something like that. It was like right, sure. right at the very, very bottom. Like some people would say that's like below normal. Some people would say that like that's the very bottom of normal or whatever. I, I was 180, um, 180 when I got tested. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm a, and the doctor's looking at me like, I'm surprised you're alive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so yeah. my doctor was like, yeah. yeah, let's definitely, let's try it. Let's try it out. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I had some options if I wanted to do, um, uh, topicals or if I wanted to do, uh, I think they had, um, uh, I'm doing what I am doing is the injections. So, um, and then the other one was, I think the beads, you can have, uh, the testosterone, you know, beads. But the beads? Yeah. They, so they give you little like beads. beads? <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they, that, it's like, that one's uh, like they make an incision. Yeah. They, they're putting it in your arm, isn't it? They put it in your arm yeah. or in your thigh. And then, and then, um, it's a very, it's like a small, you know, um, incision, they pack it full of the beads and then sew you up. And then those like, you know, emit testosterone over time. And obviously those are more expensive. And some of these clinics are pushing the beads because they can make more money off of it. But it's like what people have been doing for last to overcome this situation for last 30 years or so is injecting it up, you know, making a pain in their ass. Literally they're injecting (laughs) these oils in small amounts, uh, every week. And it's, you know, and and it's being shown to have a profound change in their health. So I've, I've been doing Mm -hmm. the injections now for about four years. It's completely, it's completely like turned me around. Like a lot, I'm a lot, you know, better aware, uh, of my surroundings. My, my, I feel sharper, that brain fog is like completely lifted. Like uh, some people say like you get the testosterone levels of like a 20 year old or whatever of a college kid. And I'm like, okay, well that's kind of how I feel, you know? So um, it's definitely working. I'd say it's even trickled down into like my results in the gym and everything too, you know, because I have a lot more energy when I go to work out. And of course the effects of, you know, having extra testosterone in your body, you know, to do all, you know, the extra work that that's going to do, you know, like my energy in the gym is like a lot higher, you know, I'm, I'm able to push through and have, um, you know, better, more successful workouts. And so I, if I tried to say that, you know, my results and everything and, and my physique are like 100% just for me and have nothing to do with these injections, I would, that would be a blatant lie. Like, I mean, they definitely help. And it's good for your sex life, right? Oh yeah. 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 It's yeah. Good for the libido. Can't leave that out. Yes. Very good. Very, very good. But it is interesting because, you know, one thing that bothers me, I guess, is, you know, you you see people who are not pursuing this, but they clearly have some kind of envy or a complicated relationship with their body that's negative. Mm -hmm. And they see somebody like you and they're like, well, he's just juicing. And they dismiss all the effort, all the knowledge, all all the specific knowledge you've gained about yourself by doing this because 
you know, what works for one person is not going to work for somebody else. Yeah. Well, so here, what I will say to that mm-hmm. is, so what I am taking by taking the testosterone, the levels that I'm taking, mm-hmm. you know, it, aren't putting me up in some like crazy, you know, over the top level, like you would see, you know, some bodybuilder who's like on like tons of steroids or whatever, like this is still just putting me in normal ranges of testosterone. Like I might have the levels of someone who's in their twenties, but it's still a normal level. It's not like anything crazy. So I am having to work, you know, very hard for the results that I get. Um, but you know, just, I have to be honest that like, I am getting a little bit of help at the end of the day, you know? Um, but you know, all, all of that you know, doesn't diminish the fact that, you know, I have learned a lot over time and over the years and, um, it has taken a lot of hard work and dedication to get where I'm at. What, so. what did you learn? What was the biggest like takeaway that you took, like learned about your building your body to this point? Um, that it is a, um, it's not a sprint, (laughs) it's a marathon, you know, um, like the results that you want, it takes time. Um, you know, it's not going to happen overnight, you know, and, um, uh, like even now, you know, I, if I, if I took a picture of myself right now, um, I might, I might be like, eh, that's okay. You know, whatever. But like a couple I've seen weeks your later, sexy boudoir photos on Instagram. <laughs> like those those are, traps are working. Honey. Uh, yeah. So double <laughs> Oleska, Alexa, O-L-E-K-S-A. Of course, K-S-A. we have the, the, the link on the notes. And you are uh, ready for, um, you know, only fans there. I've got a fan. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking good. You know? If I didn't have a security clearance to worry about, that might be an option. <laughs> oh, would you lose your job if you uh, had an OnlyFans? Yeah, probably. I think they would frown on that. Um, just because they, they look at it like, uh, um, could uh, could someone compromise me, you know, uh, or blackmail me in any way? Which they couldn't. I mean, I don't care who sees my pictures. Um, but at the same time, they would also say, like, you know, does this bring embarrassment on the government in any way or whatever. And, you know, so. Well, are you worried about po- even posting? I mean, cause these photos are very erotic and, and very sensual and beautiful in fact. And we see your wide muscular back with a uh, tattoo of what looks like, I don't know, some farmers or what's going on in that tattoo on your back. <laughs> that's, um, that's actually a, a compilation of illustrations from a Russian folk tale. What's the story? It's um it's Vasilis to the Beautiful, which is uh kind of a Russian version of Cinderella, um, in that the ending is a lot more badass and the uh the villains of the story really, really violently get what's coming to them. Um don't so, fuck but, with yeah, Agent Alexa. so so um, someone who's looking at your butt and your backside (laughs) is a warning, don't fuck with me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but well, why, why was it so significant or important to put that tattoo in that spot for you? Um, well, so um, my my um, family name is Ukrainian. Okay. And um, so I, I wanted something um, that was 
you know, from that part of the world, you know, um, and when I was thinking about, like, you know, if I wanted a large tattoo of some sort. And so I had, um, I had found that story and, um, this particular, um, illustrator, um, Ivan Bilibin, um, was, was very well known, um, for these, these storybook illustrations that he would do. And so I just, I loved the art from that particular story. And, um, my tattoo artist made it happen. You know, she, uh, put all the images together and was like, what do you think of this? And as soon as I saw it, I was, just, I just knew like, yep, that's the one here's, here's my canvas. Here's my back, you know, put it on me. Wow. So, and, and you're like, and your 10 year old son's like, I want a tattoo too. And you're like, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, 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 uh, yeah, he definitely, admires the tattoos the tattoos and the muscles so that's really sweet you know it's like you know with kids it's like the most important thing we can do is just listen and you know create an environment where the where they feel like they're being seen and heard and have quality time with their parents you know and yeah absolutely it's so great that you like you know i mean clearly at least you know of course in social media we only see the moments where you guys are getting along and happy but you know, being a father and, and working this demanding jobs that you do and pushing yourself, you know, physically as you do is, is really extraordinary that you're able to balance that out, you know? And so a lot of people dream about doing this, but they're not able to do so. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely not easy. Um, and, and, uh, you know, if I didn't have, if I didn't have my partner, I mean, he really helps so much. And he works as well, um, and- or, or is he a house husband or? Uh, he does work. Yeah. He's a, a nurse practitioner. So, Jesus. so you guys are working super long shifts. Yeah. So he, he fortunately, um, he'll do 12 hour shifts, but he works three, three days a week. Wow. So that works out for him having four days off, you know, most weeks, but, um, uh, he's, he's very dedicated and, uh, very disciplined and he brings some of that into my life. Thank God. And, um, you know, uh, he also, he also loves my son. Uh, my son loves him. Um, so I, I, I consider myself very, very lucky, very blessed, um, with, with, you know, all the successes I've had so far in life. Well, you guys are a beautiful couple and a beautiful family and, and, uh, it's really heartwarming to sort of get to know you better on, on social media. Agent Alexa. <laughs> Before we wrap up, um, you know, uh, are, are there any kind of advice that you can give to people like common mistakes that people are making or things that you've sort of seen your friends do that, you know, sent them down a blind alley? Like, you know, certainly like I, I would say to some to everybody, it's like if you're starting a new workout and it's really physically demanding, just eat more healthy food and and rest and you know, self-massage with a foam roller? Um, yeah, I mean, I'd say, um, uh, let me think. And certainly Don't like protein it shakes. First. What? Don't overdo it. Don't overdo it at first. Um, and overdoing you know, meaning, meaning like, like what specifically is overdoing it? Long workouts or too complicated? Yeah, if, or if, if, you, if you're going to the gym and doing like a two hour long workout, when you first start, like you probably need to, to back off, you know, um, if you're going, if you're just now starting to go to the gym and you like want to go six days a week, you might need to back off, you know, um, yeah, ease yourself into it. Um, you know, don't, don't go too crazy. And then, um, 
you know, as you get used to it, you can step up and add more stuff. And, um, I'd say stick to, stick to basic movements, stick to compound exercises. That's where you're going to get, you know, the most of your growth when you're starting out. And that's a was a squat deadlift, bench press, shoulder press, and bent over rows. Yep. Yep. And if you can put it on a Smith machine, if you're, especially you're over 40, move that shit to the Smith machine. If you can, especially with bench press, try Mm -hmm. to do more dumbbell oriented movement than bar oriented. You know, and, and, um, and, you know, and part of it is like, it's interesting, like people will spend, you know, thousands of dollars, uh, going out drinking, but they won't spend half that money hiring a trainer just to show them how to move, you know, in the gym. Yeah. Well, and that's another thing, um, Mm. when it comes to like the diet is, you know, alcohol is liquid bread, you know, listen, Um, uh, 007 (laughs) drinks a lot of vodka martinis (laughs) shaken, not stirred. That's fantasy. <laughs> Not <though>. double Alexa, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, do you drink at all? Um, I do occasionally, yeah, but I, I tend yeah. to, I tend to stick with you know drinking water or a club soda, and um, I might drink very, very occasionally at the most, like maybe once a month or something. Um, it's just, it's just not my thing, really. Um, yeah, I notice that a lot of bodybuilders they will not touch alcohol. But give them, you know, heroin, cocaine, meth, <laughs> ecstasy. Anything that doesn't kill the games, G. right? They will G, all that shit. They will be like, uh, you know, white on rice, honey. They're just like, but alcohol, they're just like, like a vampire with garlic, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and part like of it is bread. just because, you know, they're putting so much energy into the gym that they're looking for ways to, you know, cut loose without it interfering with their gains. And I'm just like, isn't getting a hung hangover with, you know, hard drugs the same as getting hungover with alcohol or is, is there something about alcohol that's just like more demanding of your body than say, you know, hungover because you were doing G or cocaine or something like that? Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's easier for them to get around, um, uh, with drugs, you don't have to worry about calories. I don't know. <laughs> well, that, that's something. Yeah. Well, certainly, you know, it's like if you're on high on anabolic steroids, it's like, you know, you're, you're pushing your organs far already. And so they're looking for something that's going to more mess with their head than their organs. And, you know, with alcohol, yeah. that's pushing your liver and your kidneys to work overtime. And so it would make sense that they wouldn't want to, you know, put themselves even at more risk. You know, there, there is some harm reduction there, which, you know, makes some sense. But at the same oh, time, yeah. it's like, uh, you know, like I, I went to these uh, bodybuilding forums and somebody polled, how long are your workouts? And the vast majority of people are in the gym one and a half to two hours. Oh, and, and um, you know, these are people who are like, have photographic evidence to back that up, you know? Mm-hmm. And, And so for me, it's like, it's interesting to see that, like, you know, in terms of getting to that size of, of the, you know, physique competitor, it does require, and I have friends who are, you know, winning contests and stuff like that. that I see, and I can kind of see that they're putting a lot of time and demand into getting to that state. But just because you're not, that might not be your end goal. Um, and, and you know, this is one advice that I got from another bodybuilder. They said, uh, what works? Anything works. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> Anything you do to march in that direction is going to get you closer to what you want. Oh yeah, totally. You know, so trying something, you know, cause I noticed that a lot of people like they create a oh. lot of walls. They, they create um, rules of what they can and cannot do when they go mm -hmm. to the gym, they're eager to get out when they're choosing what to eat. They, they have a laundry list of things they will not consume. Uh -huh. and uh, they don't sleep well at night. They're, they're, they're literally like, like they understand what all the obstacles are, but they don't want to overcome them and they don't want to defer to somebody else's experience or wisdom in helping them overcome it. Yeah. You know, and, and I think, you know, for a lot of LGBT people who are listening to the show, you know, it's like they reach out to me and they're asking me for advice. And, and then they, and then as soon as I tell them like five things they could do based on what they're telling me, their reaction is like, well, I can't do any of those things. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, well, you know, the answer to the question, you're just, you know, for whatever reason, you're not emotionally or mentally or uh, financially, or, you know, there's all kinds of reasons why you can't or not willing to do something, but it's not, doesn't mean that you don't know how, you know? Yeah. Well, when you're going into it with the idea of like, I can't do, and you have a laundry list of things, that's, a little bit of a poor paradigm to, to go into if you're expecting mm. to change something, you know, you need to look at things with what can you do, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a paradigm shift. I think that people have to experience. So, well, and, and you know, Mark and I discovered this and we got this from Jeffrey Nippert, uh, just having some fresh fruit before you go into the gym <laughs> can be mm -hmm. really beneficial and just get keeping, giving you the energy you need to get through to your workout. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's like people are, are very scared of fruit. They're scared of carbohydrates. Uh, they cook without any fat. And so when they're trying to lose weight, they cut out all fat from their diet. And I'm telling them like, hey, you know, the hormones that your body needs to build and keep that muscle mm -hmm. need that fat to exist. Yeah. Right. So I don't cut any you fat. You don't at all. I don't. I don't worry about fat. Um the only, the only thing I, I do cut is, um, I go light on carbs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, especially like if it's from like a cheap source, like, um, like starches and stuff like that. Like yeah. I usually don't do, you know, um, like fried food. I don't do a lot of potatoes or a lot of bread or a lot of pasta. You know, I, I, I get those things here and there, but like not in, not in large quantities. And I, I usually pay attention to being a little strict about those. Um, um, how much sleep do you, are you getting at night? Like, uh, is there any kind of advice that in, in having better sleep? I, I get seven to eight hours. Uh -huh. Um, the only, the only time that, uh, I struggle with sleep is if I doom scroll on my phone. That's, that's like the bane of my existence. Like I have put the phone down and uh, usually if I can go to bed and not have my phone in my hand, um, I can get a good seven to eight hours. Well, they say even that light plenty. that comes out of your phone disrupts, disrupts your, the wave patterns in your brain that makes it hard to fall asleep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Like the, it's a what, blue light or something like mm -hmm. that. It, uh, it, it interferes with your ability to fall asleep. Yeah. So are you putting the phone in yeah. another room or are you putting it like in a, in a table far away from your bed or? Um, I'll put it on my nightstand, uh, you know, out of reach. So no, no scrolling on grinder and scruff at three in the morning. 
<laughs> well, uh, gosh, you know, it's like in terms of like uh, inspiring other people, you know, if, if you're needing per- uh, if you're needing permission, consider this podcast your permission to <laughs> go pursue that dream. You know, it's like because I we used to tell people like come out of a closet and fearlessly be yourself, but I don't feel like that's enough anymore. You know, it's like I see a lot of the miserable unhappy people. I mean, I think of like, uh, Madison, what is the guy in the wheelchair? The villain Hawthorne, Ma- Madison Hawthorne. Uh, yeah. Like he strikes me as a James Bond villain, you know? <laughs> you know? but not a very bright one. No, he's like the one that, that, that no. get, that's, gets eliminated early. So we see the real villain, you know, Uh huh. he's like a henchman. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, he's you know, level. but it, to me, it's like, it strikes me as a, somebody who's like, you know, a dream deferred. It's like, he's, he's not fulfilling his dreams in life. And so, you know, he may be emotionally dealing with, you know, becoming uh, disabled at a young age and sort of like putting his personal pain into his politics. But, you know, in terms of like what we can tell the listeners of the show is like pursuing your dreams is the beginning to an incredible journey and understanding what those dreams are, even if you don't get there, even if you just, uh, you know, you feel like, Oh my God, I just wasted a year pursuing this foolish dream. But you know, it was, it was a, you had to, my sister said this to me one time. It's like, you may not have resolved the problem, but you just spend an hour realizing that that solution didn't work. And that knowledge is, Mm -hmm. you know, priceless. Yeah. You know, uh, Dave, thank you so much for uh, chatting with us and and uh, sharing a little bit of your life. And you know, I hope you don't get into trouble for sharing all those intimate details of being a sexy <laughs> secret agent. <laughs> no, I should be good. I, I don't think we've strayed into any classified material, so I think I think we should be good to go. I don't hear anybody knocking at my door trying to you know knock it listening. down right now. So yeah, the password yeah, is, and uh, he will be <laughs> at the grocery store on Tuesday. You know. <laughs> um, you know. Yeah, so I, I I think I'll still have my job tomorrow. Well, good luck with everything, and uh, thank you so much for doing a very difficult, complicated job, especially when you have uh, many different kind of people in the United States yelling at you, you know, and, <laughs> and criticizing you just for showing up to work. Yeah. You know? Well, I'm just honored. I'm just honored to be a guest, and I'm just, you know, definitely honored that you guys would take the time to speak with me and everything. Uh I really appreciate that. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Well, we love muscle here and we love learning how to build muscle. And especially for people that, you know, are over the age of, you know, 50, it's very important to keep uh, plugging away at it and get your testosterone checked and, uh, you know, live a long, healthy life. Or, you know, live a life full of passion and purpose and meaning. And, you know, it's like I am no under no illusion that, you know, bodybuilding is any better or worse than, you know, any mountain climbing or football there's all these kinds of risks comes with all this you know but mm-hmm. it's like you know a life full of adventure is a life well lived even if it's cut short to some degree yeah absolutely i mean i'd rather have a a fun and adventurous life than one uh that was just you know boring and uneventful well i would even argue that you know it's like going after those adventures actually makes your life longer 
you know, cause it's not like, I, I'm, I'm not, you know, obviously have any kind of study or research, but it, like, I know a lot of overly cautious, very scaredy cat kind of people. And they're just like, make themselves sick and, and live very short lives just because they're just like at home, you know, scared of their own shadow. They don't even step out in the sun and, you know, pursue their dreams. It's so important. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, you gotta, you gotta take a step out, you know, and, and make yourself uncomfortable sometimes. And, you know, you never, you don't know what's going to happen if you don't step out, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, Dave, if you're ever uh, in Chicago protecting uh, somebody, um, come protect me. <laughs> <laughs> he may need it. I listen. I always need a secret service agent that has a, uh, you know, 18 inch biceps. So come on over. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll, I'll make you a, a martini that's shaken, not stirred. Three olives with three. Is it three olives? Is that what it is <laughs> for me? And you got a deal. Thank you so much, Dave. Anytime. Thank you guys. Uh-huh, of course. Bye-bye, Dave. Take care. Take care. Agent Alexa, agent Dave Alexa lives in Miami, Florida. You can follow him on Instagram. On Wilton Manners, double Alexa on Instagram. What a, what a nice guy. I know. What a great guy. And what gorgeous photos. You know, it's like. Beautiful pecs, huh? Mm-hmm. I like the, the, the tattoo on his back. It looks like, it's, you know, yeah. something that belongs in a museum or the back of a dollar bill or something. But it's Ukrainian. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's one of those etchings. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in the 1970s, you used to say to, to a guy that if you wanted to um, sleep with him, you say, can I go up to your apartment and look at my etchings? Come up to my studio. Studio. My artist studio. My artist my studio etchings. and look at my etchings. I don't know what that was code for, but I always think it was very funny. It was, well, the etchings were usually of naked people. So you'd oh, really? up there and you'd see the etchings and they'd be naked and you'd get horny and then... You then know. hijinks would ensue. Mm-hmm. And now we have Instagram. Or lowjinks. Or lowjinks. <laughs> Hey, uh, we always talk about uh, supplements and focus. Uh, Asasanthin is a, a, basically it's a, Mark, what is Asasanthin exactly? It's a super powerful antioxidant. And, and it protects uh, your skin from the sun. From UV rays, it's supposedly like, because it's like reddish in color, it absorbs the UV rays. So, uh, you know, if you're worried about being out in the sun, consider taking that. It's also super powerful, uh, more powerful than like some of the other antioxidants like vitamin A or vitamin B. It's a carotenoid. And um, it comes from like a zap sea up life. those uh, yeah. radical, those free radicals and the free radicals are going around your body, damaging your cells and they zap those things. And it gives you a nice, it gives flamingos their pink color. So flamingos and, uh, and salmon, uh, the flamingo feathers uh, are colored pink from the same thing that's in uh, Astazine. So like a plankton. Yeah, a plankton. So w- most of the stuff that we get commercially uh, right now, it comes from, they grow it from algae. Right? Okay. And, but, uh, you know, in nature, the flamingos would get it from like, uh, you know, from like snails or shrimp or different, you know, krill. And but it's the same chemical. It yeah, it's the same chemical in there. And they think that it's also really great for endurance. And that's why, you know, you know, uh, salmon can like f- go upstream like a hundred miles to go to their old spawning grounds because they, they're super fueled by this antioxidant. How much do you take a day? I take 12 milligrams. 12 milligrams. 12 milligrams. They also say it kind of gives your um, 
skin a good healthy glow. So if you're kind of like a little, you know, jaundicey looking, you know, yellowy kind of, it'll give you more of a, or if you smoke and your skin's kind of more gray, um, it'll give you more of a pinkier, healthier look to your skin. Why do smokers skins get gray? Uh, I think it's from the lack of oxygen or so the circulation. The circulation gets yeah, reduced. there's a certain grayness. Yeah, back when I smoked, I had a much more like olivey kind of complexion. I do notice that, like you know, uh, Joan was it Joan Collins and Diane Carroll on Dynasty in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. They all kind of look a little gray. And I don't know if that's the makeup or the lighting or the, the fact that we're all chain of smoking. The, of the two. All three of yeah. those things. And yeah. I don't remember Diane Carroll really smoking on this show. She's, but, she's smoking on the show. Yeah, for okay. sure. And you can tell the, the receding gums are like, oh. and I'm just like, oh, fuck, you know. Long on the tooth. Yeah. <laughs> remember, folks, Let's Grow Big Together is a project of Feast of Fun. You can listen to all our podcasts without commercial interruption. Access thousands, literally over 3,000 legendary episodes of Feast of Fun and Let's Grow Big Together on our website, feastoffun.com slash plus. And it'll unlock a treasure trove of amazing conversations. You can also get an ad free experience at patreon.com slash feast of fun. If you're on Patreon, Hey, support us on Patreon. Yeah. It's, I mean, literally for just a couple of, for less than you paid for that pre-workout, mm-hmm. you can listen to feast of fun and let's grow big together without any ads interrupting your podcasting experience. And you'll feel, feel rest assured that you're getting to get these kind of unique interviews, in-depth conversations with really extraordinary people that you're not going to hear anywhere else. You know, this is a, if Feast of Fun doesn't do it, who will, Mm. you know? And hopefully, you know, a lot of people are listening to this uh, podcast right as they're getting to the gym. And so for people who are listening, may you have a, have a good workout, have fun, (laughs) help the homeless, as uh, Mary used to say. Wipe down your equipment. Yeah, wipe down equipment, be courteous, and be compassionate. Re-rack your weights. Yeah, re- re-racking your weights is anabolic. Mm-hmm. So put your weights back. Part of the back. exercise. Absolutely. And, and, you know, be friendly and helpful at the gym, but also respect people's privacy. That's right. Thanks for listening to Let's Grow Big Together. We will be uh, back with new episodes next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.